0: I don't know what you might be uh, have incorporated in, in your season of observance for Christmas, traditions that are part of your family celebration. Uh, what, what we normally do is that, so our kids can have their Christmas with their children, we have Christmas on a different day. We had it yesterday where our kids and grandkids all came in and we celebrated Christmas and they'll do theirs on Christmas Day. And um, we have a variety of traditions. One is, uh, we usually have brunch. It's a full breakfast and lunch combined. And then uh, we have uh, the reading of the Christmas story and prayer, and then we have the the sharing of the gifts and the presents, and then then we play a game, usually a family game that, is going to uh, end up people winning prizes or discovering where a particular gift has been hidden. And uh, Jan was the architect of our game this year and she wanted to play Family Feud. Family Feud, synonymous with Christmas, I don't know how that works, but uh, we did it anyway. And uh, one of the questions that uh, we had this Christmas in the Family Feud that had to be answered was, the three, according to 100 people surveyed, uh, the three most popular Christmas movies, and I'm remembering it was uh, Elf and Grinch, and what was the third? Oh, great. She can't remember either. So, you know, <laughs> these movies really made a great impression upon us, and, uh, and I'm sure they did as on you as well, and... Um, one of the things that you may or may not remember uh, is a, a a couple of what was it? Home Alone. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the, the TV uh, programming also incorporates traditional pieces. Uh, you may not realize this, but the most the one has that has been aired the longest is Burl Ives' narration of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and the second to that is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. How many of you have watched Charlie Brown Christmas? Oh, I'm so glad to see that hand, brother. Oh, gee. It's a classic. It's a classic. And I, I don't know if you know the back, the back story to how this production came about, but it's fascinating. It really is. And I want to share it with you because I think it really sets the stage for us to come to a better understanding of what Christmas is all about. And actually, um, when it was uh, Charles Schultz, who was the creator of um, Peanuts characters, Charlie Brown and the Gang, uh, was asked to come up with a Christmas program, uh, there was some real speculation this real suspicion whether he could do it or not, you know using this this character, Charlie Brown, who was just a loser and, uh, and, and, uh, and bullied and uh, always just having to try to hold his principles as best he could under the duress of friends that weren't so friendly. And uh, there wasn't really any uh, confidence that this thing is going to be pulled off. Um, CBS committed themselves to it after no other networks would touch it. And the reason why CBS did it was because Coca-Cola was the one who was bankrolling it, and they were a major sponsor for CBS. And it even got a little bit more tacky for them because there was such confidence in this, this appearance of Charlie Brown on national TV, that Time Magazine featured it as a, as a cover story, Charlie Brown and Peanuts characters. And then on top of that, what really uh, this kind of put the screws to, uh, to CBS TV Guide had already posted its viewing. This was before the product was even finished. And so as this thing is going through its uh, production, uh, (laughs) I think the guy was Lee Lee, uh, Mendelson was the director. And then they had uh, an animator that was working with them on this uh, production. And they said, this thing won't fly. Uh, It's just not going to get off the ground. And CBS wasn't real confident (laughs) in it either. Uh, As a matter of fact... um, it was said that it was going to be the doom of Charlie Brown. They, they felt that badly about this thing having to be aired. Uh, convinced it was a flop. Um, the two guys that were the main partners in the, in the production with Charles Schultz said, they're going to lose their jobs. This thing is so bad. Um, one of the comments was made, nobody ever animated anything from the Bible before, and we knew it wouldn't work. That's where they were coming from. When CBS finally saw the finished product, man, they, 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 they knew they had a loser. They just knew it wasn't going wasn't gonna to make it out. They was doomed. They said it was too slow. There wasn't enough action. The kids were not professional. Their voices were just not going to resonate with the, with the viewers. And then on top of that, there was just a total, total reaction of disappointment in the thing. They dreaded, they dreaded the time. That it would be aired. Mendelssohn, again, this grieved over the process, and, and he thought this thing was terrible. The thing that made it so rough was that Charles Schultz insisted that the gospel story would be incorporated in Charlie Brown Christmas. And he had Linus, the character, that was going to do the narration, of revering, referring to the passage that's found in Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Mendelsohn again was threatened over the whole thing, and he thought this thing was going to just blow up in his face. He finally, after the viewing and after all the accolades came in, made this statement. It was, Linus's part was the center of the project. Telling the Christmas story, telling the narrative of the shepherds was the, was the center of the story. He said, that 10-year-old kid who recited the speech from the Bible was as good as any scene from Hamlet. It aired at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on December 1965. And it's still airing today. And half of American TV viewers tuned in that night. Half of American TV viewers. One of the critics that uh, makes posts about movies and, and TV programming in the Washington Post said this. Good old Charlie Brown, a natural born loser, finally turned up a winner. (laughs) <laughs> the, scene that Charlie, the, the scene that Charles Schultz insisted upon was when Charlie Brown is with his peers uh, 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 and, and getting ready for a Christmas performance. And he's coming in, and he takes his, his withered, anemic Christmas tree and sits it on Schroeder's piano. And his friends laugh at him and jeer him, And he is just overcome by, again, once more being bullied. And so finally, almost above the din of comments being made and laughter against him, he shouts out, Is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Little blanket-toting Linus steps up and he says, Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And he takes center stage. He asks for the spotlight to be on him. And there he goes, begins to recite Luke 2, 8 through 14 for memory. The familiar account where the angels appeared to the shepherds proclaiming, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. There will be born this day to all people in the city of David, a Savior, Christ Jesus, our Lord. And as he finished his, his rendition, his, his recitation, recitation of, of the passage, he walks back over to Charlie Brown, and he says with certainty, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I had to tell you that story. Because the meaning of Christmas comes to us in a variety of ways. But the true meaning of Christmas always comes from the scriptures. I applaud Linus for his comprehension of the true meaning of Christmas. I applaud him for putting the word to memory. I applaud him for being so bold that he would proclaim that truth in the midst of his peers, even those who were just a few minutes ago jeering Charlie Brown. I don't want to take anything away from Linus and his testimony of faith, nor do I want to give any indication at all that that what we find in the Gospels, the, the Gospel in Luke's account of the shepherds and in Matthew's account of the wise men, that somehow they would lose any significance to us. But you know, this year for me, um, as I read through the Christmas story again, I landed in the Gospel of John. And John doesn't say anything at all about the birth of Jesus. I landed on some words that are very familiar to you that I believe contain the true meaning of Christmas, of what Christmas is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's the Christmas story. These words are as familiar to us as the Christmas story itself. As spoken by Jesus himself, he was telling a visitor of the night, Nicodemus, what is to be received as a gift if only he would accept it. Jesus, in his own words, reminds the seeker of truth that God is love. Everything God does is motivated by love. He does it for the world, as corrupt and as dark as it may appear. The world. The cosmos. The Greek word for world, the Greek word that appears 186 times in the Greek New Testament, and every time it appears, there is the connotation of a sinful condition. That's how dark it was. We read in Romans 5.8, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We continue to read in that book, he, meaning God, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all. John's letter, first letter, he writes, he, meaning Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of Of the whole world. The whole world. It was in a ruined and corrupt state as it is today. But it would be the very thing that would expose the love of God. All people were and are in a hopeless condition. But God gave us His Son. We have no claim on him. It was a gift, an undeserved gift, a gift motivated by love. Our Heavenly Father gave up his son, his only son, to extreme suffering. Even the bitter pains of death and death on a cross and the crushing weight of the sins of the world. The very thing that separated the Son from the Father. Jesus died for us all for the whole world. This incredible gift, unspeakable gift, inexpressible gift, his son, given up for you and for me, for the world, that we may not perish. How do we comprehend this love? It's beyond description. And I think that is well illustrated with the words from the hymn, Love of God. F.M. Lehman wrote those words. And, matter of fact, the, there is one verse which I want to share with you that wasn't even written by him, but was written by someone who was imprisoned and scratched it out on the wall of his cell. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would drain the oceans dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Jesus came to save. In his own words, he said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You, me, the world. (laughs) That's why he came. That's why he was born. That's what Christmas is all about. I want to be able to say, as it's recorded in Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. may we respond to this extravagant love claiming the meaning of Christmas today by confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and turning from sin and to live for him. So that also we might be able to say, as recorded in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, for you, for the world. Let's pray. Thank you. O Lord, O God, our Father, for the inexpressible, the unspeakable, indescribable, gift given to us individually to all who receive in order that we might have life and find it only in you. For today tomorrow and forever. In Christ's name, amen.